Hello, hello, and welcome back. You're listening to Wim, a podcast about women in the music industry. I'm Veronica, and I'll take you through all topics related to women in the music industry, and all that with my guests. At the beginning of each episode, my guests will introduce themselves and tell us how they made it in the music industry, and then we will turn the list and talk all about women in music. This episode's guest is Marina Blake. With Marina, we'll talk about her festival, the Key Change Campaign, and we'll find out her opinions about the music industry. So stay tuned, and I hope you'll enjoy this episode. Hello, welcome to my podcast again. I'm here today with Marina Blake. Say hello. Hi there. <laughs> Thank you so much for saying yes to being part of the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thank you. And at the beginning, can you tell me a bit more about you? What do you do? Where are you based? So I am creative director and founder of a festival called Brainchild and we've also begun doing other events and courses through the year in London. So we're based in South East London and also our festivals in Sussex, East Sussex. Um, so we've been running for seven years. Um, I, fa- I set it up with my friends when we were 19 so we kind of had a steep learning curve through university and then only really turned it into a, a, a kind of festival that I feel was legit in any way maybe three years ago um we also volunteered on it for a long time so it was only this year we began paying ourselves um so i guess we're kind of professionalizing it but it still is very much rooted in diy culture and celebrating people taking the first step in their careers be it whatever it whatever art form that they're interested in um so i guess it's still even though we're getting older totally rooted in supporting young adults and emerging artists yeah well that's great And did you study music at a university? No, I studied English literature at really? UCL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, Brainchild is not just a music festival. It's uh, I'd say like 60% of the mu- of the program is music, mm-hmm. um, and my own personal like area of interest and expertise is music. But the program also involves like tons of theatre and arts and stuff. And like the people I met at university uh, in the English degree were like really important in that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. So how did you get in the music industry then? How did you start working? I I don't know if I really set out to do that. Um, I guess that as you run a festival and as it continues and get, gathers more success, people tell you that you're working in the music industry and then you end up working in the music industry. But I suppose the connections that I made through platforming musicians that were my age that I cared about and supporting them through the early stages of their careers, even though I was in the early stages of my own, uh, led me to connect with a number of labels that they then signed to or you know if you if you run events and festivals then you connect with people who in in every part of it you know in terms of press publicity labels agents musicians you know most importantly musicians and so through that have also ended up doing other types of jobs like freelance event producing or like supporting through tour routing certain musicians so those are my more like i guess more typical jobs within the music industry whereas i'd say festival production is Uh, a whole thing in itself. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, along the way, did you have anyone who inspired you, or did you have a mentor, or anyone who helped you in this way? Yes. Um, different people at different times. When I first started out, we just had a really big dream. We were just like confronted with lots of free time at university, which was of course reading time, but we interpreted to be uh, free time. And then I remember Googling festivals of similar sizes and getting in touch with a festival called In the Woods, and they were really brilliant. They don't run anymore, but um, 
I got in touch and just said, hello, we want to do all these things. Uh, mm -hmm. Can you help us? And I don't know why they decided to take the chance on us. They just kind of called me and gave me some really brilliant advice and documents, templates and stuff to use, um, particularly for our relationship with our council. And uh, if it hadn't been for their help in the first couple of years, I don't know if we could have started. And similarly, like I was very inspired by a woman called Becky Birchall, who mm -hmm. was the arts producer at Bestival when it ran. So she was basically responsible for everything at Bestival that wasn't music. So all the arts parade, like the fancy dress, the poetry, the talks. And I just, I was so impressed by her and I connected with her and she is still a really important person in my life. And then musically, I suppose, like, artists like Shabaka Hutchings, who I also worked with, like, to, to support him with admin before he had a manager. Like, just his, his vision um, and his, musical his musicality and his philosophy uh, is really a guiding light for the kind of programming that I want us to do. So, you know, people you collect through the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So for how long have you been in the music industry? Is it for like years or? Well, know? I mean, it depends if you think that running a festival automatically puts you in that. Mm -hmm. if, if that's the case, then we've been doing that for seven or eight years. But if you think it's more about when you're professional or, mm -hmm. I don't know, then only a few really. Yeah. So how does your day look like? today um, or like in general that's How a really <laughs> difficult question to answer if there's something like a typical day <laughs> no <laughs> but I wouldn't necessarily say in all the in like all the exciting ways that you might anticipate I think just that when you are running something with such tiny team and resources like there's just two of us um, <laughs> really working um, apart from during the, like January to J J July like that's when the main production team like join in and obviously people like our satellite around us people who volunteered on it uh, and they do do bits of work but the heavy lifting is basically managed by myself and another girl and um, that means that you know like today you do everything from interviewing for candidates um, prepping like sound and tech equipment downstairs where we like host events to doing marketing for a party for next week to like talking to the landowners about the festival site for next year to like I, I don't really know there's just um yeah everything <laughs> or like just planning how your finances work for the next few months like accounting calling your accountant everything and anything yeah <laughs> yeah planning decor for this party like you know literally everything yeah. and I'd love it to be a bit more specified because not everyone is an all-rounder and you know I've definitely reached the limits of my abilities in some areas absolutely <laughs> so yeah you mention you organize the festival brainchild festival yes. and it's a part of the key change right yeah so can you tell me more about it well i mean brainchild has been run mostly by women since it started and i don't think that we ever really um noticed that it was quite a feminist uh space mm -hmm. until maybe a few years ago like for example we have a bunch of drag kings we have fewer drag queens Oi. yeah yeah we just like it, i guess it's a lot about the um, female uh, and female identifying empowerment and changing body norms and expectations and we just didn't think twice about it really until we got approached by PRS about key change and then it was only through the initiative that I then looked and was like right well we're kind of doing this already but it's clearly really important that this industry takes a step in this direction um, so we're very happy to join in and be part of it and it does I think inform our decisions more actively now even if it was done you know without thinking and now it's done with thinking and it's um, something we're we're very very careful about and conscious of with all our programming. So how is it to be in a charge of a festival? How do you feel about uh, it? it? The festival changes every year, so mm -hmm. it's something, it's, it's always been incredibly intense and also really rewarding. 
uh, it has broken me several times, um, but I'm still here. Mm-hmm. So that must say something. Um, I think it's just the, the changing nature of it is something, it means that it's never the same for you each time. Like our budgets have grown so much over mm-hmm. the last few years and the challenges change so they might have sorted something out for you know you might have fixed some problems you encountered one year but the next year there's a bunch of new ones and you're basically constantly going through growing pains which means that even though I'm probably you know I'm way more comfortable and confident with things that I couldn't handle a few years ago but now there's other things that I can't handle and it just means you're always treading the tightrope of feeling like you can handle it I'd say that's probably how I feel yeah. Mm. Uh, why do you think there are not more women who are organizing festivals? I'm impressed that two festivals I really love, like Green Man and End of the Road, are both kind of run by women. Mm. And I think that's like Green Man, especially. I know that Fiona's a really uh, major leader in, in that team, and like there's lots of women that work on it. Um, I don't know. I'm really not sure why there aren't more. I think there definitely will be. I, I think I get a, I get approached by a lot of young girls wanting mm-hmm. to start things, and I feel like women are seeing it as less and less of an issue mm-hmm. to just jump in and, and like support each other to do things and, and tackle things that might be scary. Um, so I hope that it will change. I think perhaps people haven't identified with like you know Michael Levis or a few. I think to run typical festivals like money-making festivals or more corporate festivals, perhaps you have to have a more like commercially driven attitude, mm. which maybe more men are inclined to. I really don't know. I'm making generalizations here, but I think that the tide is changing. So you know, mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And in terms of the lineup, is it easy for you to find female artists to perform in the festival? There's millions of them, yeah. I mean, it's, I'd say it's easier now than it was a few years ago, actually. Like, now it's like, yeah, now it's in predominant. I mean, perhaps that's just in my circles. But also, I think, because Brainchild's very much uh, based on emerging artists and people trust the lineup, they just trust us to do a good job. They're not really buying tickets because of names. Names help, but it's not the most important thing. Whereas I'd say that maybe bigger festivals that rely more heavily on a well-known lineup may feel more afraid to take risks, but they just need to understand that they're not risks. It's actually what people yeah. want. Absolutely, yeah, because there are some people arguing like there is not enough women artists. So they're just going to hire the male artists to perform at the festival. So that's just why I'm asking. Yeah, yeah, there are definitely plenty of women. And yeah, also a few days ago, my friend she pointed out like there is there are no artists as I don't know Ed Sheeran, let's say, female artists just singing and in jeans, you know, and with a t-shirt. So what do you think about that? Why do you think it's like that? I think that Ed Sheeran is a rule unto himself. To be honest, I think there are women who just do that. Um, and there have been through history as well. Uh, I just don't think that the level of global recognition that he has is that common. I don't really know how it's happened. Yeah. It's not, yeah, I mean, I, I know that's not really, a, it's kind of a weird answer to that question. I just like, I can't really believe how huge he is. Mm-hmm. It feels incongruous. Like I can't, I can't understand it. Um, so when it comes to that kind of thing, I feel like you're probably subject to so many more like, algorithmic reasons why digitally he's more like in the focus than other artists uh, yeah and in the festivals industry do you think that there should be more uh, companies or organizations as key change it depends if you're trying to tackle uh, diversity and inclusion in a broader sense than just within gender representation I think that key change 
is a very powerful initiative. I don't know if you need more than one really powerful initiative, as long as it's far-reaching and it has lots of subscribers and members and people talking about it. And I think that Key Change does. Therefore, I think that's okay. If you, I think there could be definitely more initiatives that tackle um, racial inclusion and the way that it seems honestly from us even we've recruited for like six jobs now the number of people of color who apply is so low i don't know why it is that um it seems predominantly just white women who apply for arts jobs (laughs) or apply for festival jobs um but it really does seem like they are the predominant number and i really want to see how we can encourage people to feel like festival work is something for them if they want it. I just, I think we need to have a bigger conversation about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so do you think the collaboration is important? Um, I think, yeah, uh, it would be great if more companies and events could be a bit more honest about these issues. Um, I think a lot of people hide behind like quotas and they say, you know, oh, we try. And I, I kind of think that it needs collaborative working in order to create initiatives together that might mean we could share the you know like logistical or financial costs of creating opportunities because I do get why individual companies um, especially working in the arts things are very hand-to-mouth like there's not a lot of money might feel nervous about taking on the risk of researching how to best address this issue themselves but together if we pull our resources and our own experiences and understandings, perhaps we can make a difference in in the diversity of this industry, more generally speaking, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing, yeah. And what do you think are the current challenges for women in the music industry? Um, do you mean working in it or performing in it? Or? Yeah, working, yeah, yeah. I know a lot more about women who want to perform in it and their difficulties. Feel free um, to say that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just just speaking from my experience of of working closely with artists at an early stage in their careers, it feels like mm, typical label companies or or management companies are. I mean, it's kind of obvious to say, but just fixated on your appearance. And so, I have, for example, stories of people who make brilliant music who have been approached by management companies who have sat down with them and then said, okay, what do you think of my music? And they said, oh, I haven't listened to your music. I just saw this photo of you. And I just, yeah, wanted to meet up and see if we could work together. You know, this this isn't okay. Especially when I feel like, especially when people are very young, when musicians are young and are being targeted because of their youth and because they look right. And, you know, you see how, like, because brands are are paying for so many things in music now, things are a bit more of a beauty contest than uh, music appreciation space. I feel like the music industry has a pastoral duty towards, like, 19, 18, 20, 21, even, you know, 25-year-old musicians because um, they're finding their feet and they're, they're building their confidence and it's not okay to not treat them the same. I mean, there's no way that those people I've just mentioned would have had the same experience if they were men. Um, and I don't, I don't think that's acceptable. Um, and I'd love for us to talk about um, breaking the, the focus on, like, appearance, brandability, like, fashion. Like, it's okay for some artists to pursue that. If they really, if they love fashion, they, like, love... You know, if they love 
Um, I'm trying to think about a more interesting way of putting this, but like if they're excited to work with brands, they're excited about like how they can uh, manipulate costume or appearance or like that's amazing and they should totally do that, but it just should not be one size fits all. And there needs to be space for every kind of woman, older, younger, like all size, all colours. Um, and I don't think at the moment that's totally there yet. And that's um, something that I feel like people can change peer to peer and by just saying no and calling it out when it's not when it's not okay. Yeah, and have you personally experienced any challenges or any special treatment just because you are women? It's a really interesting question and I feel stupid by saying no. Um, but I, I also say that because I'm not always most aware of it. You know, I think we were really just self-starters. We didn't need anyone to give us any permission for anything and we just did it. And yeah, if I reflect on it, you know, most of the people I work with, the suppliers I work with, the agents I work with, the venue owners I work with, like the council members that I work with, um, if I really think about it, they're mostly men. But I never really do think about it. Mm -hmm. Hasn't, I don't know, it has never phased me at all. So um, I'm lucky in that regard. Um, but I think that the way we've managed that is by, as friends, supporting each other to make our dream real. And um, if you do that, you don't need anyone to, to give you a thumbs up or like, who can hold you, you can't, no one can hold you back, really. Yeah, I think it's a good time to be a girl. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But yeah, also, according to the UK Music Diversity Survey, uh, more women are coming into the music industry. So would you say it's going to change the industry or it is already changing the industry? Absolutely. I think there's going to be a heightened level of communication that we can all experience and like of understanding. I think there's much less fear, a lot, a lot more cooperation. I think that men will totally join in and catch on. I don't think this is going to be a segregated gender issue within the industry. I just think that um, women that I've encountered at least seem to be a lot more, have a lot, have far fewer obstacles to collaborating, cooperating, supporting each other. Like everyone wants each other to be successful. There's a lot less comp competition, I think, between women um, that I've seen especially considering where we've come from within this industry. And actually, men are a lot more afraid, it seems, um, of maintaining their power or position or like making the wrong call. Um, and I hope that we can help them out of that and make everyone feel comfortable. Yeah, I, I think it will change. Mm -hmm. That's amazing, yeah. And do you think uh, that mentioning women and men, would you say that men and women work differently? Because there's the pay gap, so... I think, um, I think especially within playing music, I think women have to work harder, a lot harder, to have the same position. Um, that's definitely the case within jazz, within classical, like probably also within more pop stuff. I, I just think um, people are still qualified as like female trumpeter or like, you know what I mean? Like this stuff, to be noticed, you're not, not only got to be brilliant, you've got to be kind of cutthroat, you've got to be unafraid to take your place. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd say that is the same. I mean, I, I guess why I kind of have a guarded response to that is just because I haven't had to work for anyone else, you know? So it's not like I have come into a label or a radio station or a magazine uh, and been confronted with like 
difficult bosses or like line managers who don't see how change could happen, you know. I've never had to do that. So I'm sure that if I had, I would have bounced back against a lot more uh, things. But I think that I have been met by tons of positive uh, support from women and for women. So, yeah, I can talk on that. Yeah. So what do you think would motivate more women to join the music industry, to get a career within the music industry? I think we're just we've just got to be really careful that when we promote certain jobs and um, when we host panels. For example, I was doing a careers day at the South Bank two weeks ago. They had like a getting into creative careers music focus day for 14 to 18 year olds at South Bank, and I was doing workshops for for those people about like how to run gigs and stuff, how to run festivals. And I was on a panel. And, you know, I know the panel was like, there were three women and two men on it. It was really diverse, uh, racially, within age, like within our um, backgrounds. And I think that I'm positively sure that the girls and the boys in that room felt like there was space for them. Um, and I think, yeah, I don't think it would have been the same, like even 10 years ago. So I just think we've got to keep trying to reach people at a very young age, got to keep trying to show school girls and people in colleges that like we've got to have more of a dialogue with them they've got to show them the the scope of things you can do um like the all the varying jobs and that you can achieve and and all the varying people that are doing them um and having that conversation with people as young as possible is is important mm -hmm. so would you say that the education is the key yeah even the most successful initiatives i can see in terms of changing the how women make music are working with school girls, you know, and like, for example, at the moment, like, if you speak about classical music, which is not something I know much about, but I know, I, I, I spoke to somebody about it last week, and they were saying there's only like, you know, 99% of timpani players in this country are men. Really, in like every big orchestra, it's, it's scarcely any women, and same within like, well, to me, uh, Initiatives like Tomorrow's Warriors have massively changed that within jazz, but they work really hard to change that. You know, they've made sure that they have female-led collectives within their whole cohorts of students and pupils, and they're working with kids from 11 to 18 to 25, and um, that's when the real difference can be made to people's mindset and, and when they decide what is available for them. Yeah, absolutely. So, just for you last questions, do you think being a woman in the music industry is an advantage? I haven't met a situation yet where it hasn't been okay or or like an advantage. I mean, certainly, like I have so many heroes who are women, and I'm sure that I connect with them in a more powerful way through being a woman. So as long as we're working in a peer-to-peer -peer way, yeah, I think there's advantages. Yeah. So would you say that having role models is also important to have in the industry? Yeah. Yeah, I would. I, I, I would say that they don't have to be doing exactly what you want. They could be your role model because of how they work or just who they are, what they've done. Um, yeah, attaching... T I, I heard this good thing that was like, don't take criticism from people who you wouldn't get advice from. And I was like, that's a really valid thing to take on board. And then I just, since then, I've just been like, cool seek out people who 
you respect for maybe holistic reasons as to like everything they do, not just because of them being a boss in the exact career path that you currently are interested in because you don't know how long you're going to want to do that job or you might have a very long career that spans up to different things and attaching your uh, getting advice from people who uh, you just think are solid individuals is a better way to go about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so just a final question. Do you have any final tips or advice for women getting into the music industry? Or what do you want to say? I'd repeat what I just said. Don't take criticism from people you wouldn't get advice from. So if you get, if you come across difficult characters that say no or just don't see you, really question that. Really question how much you value that, their opinion. Um, be vocal with what you want to achieve and you'll see if there's support out there for it you know it takes it takes bravery and confidence to say things like I want to run an event with these people or I want to book this artist or I really want to do this podcast say mm -hmm. but by taking that first step even though it's scary um, people come out the woodwork and want to help and want to be involved and especially if you make that an open space for them um, things can happen at a really fast pace and it's really exciting and as soon as you've done one thing you'll take on the next and the big void of you know like unknown will shrink that's what i'll say yeah. oh yeah so that's it <laughs> thank you so much for being here thanks for having me thank you so much yeah bye and that's it for today's episode in the end i would like to say a huge thank you to marina for finding time to be part of this podcast thank you so much and the next episode will be with Kenya J. Scarlett from Monaco Radio. Start looking forward. So if you like this podcast, please subscribe and start looking forward to the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and took something from this episode. Hear you next time.